Hey, everybody. It's like trees walking. This is Michael J. Nelson here. Uh, and also with me is the pastor, David Berge. David Berge, as I live and breathe. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. Why don't you explain what this podcast is? Well, Like Trees Walking is the podcast where we talk about yeah, the big the big issues of life, faith, philosophy, culture, theology. We do, do so from a Christian perspective, uh, but we welcome all comers to eavesdrop in on this conversation. And so generally we're talking about big perennial questions. Um, occasionally, you know, we delve into more, you know, hot tops uh, of the day, like the one over where I just, you know, had a rant about looking at campaign finance like disclosures sure. and giving and, and basically the charitable contributions of tax releases of of presidential candidates like that uh that that to me was uh that's not the main thing of what we do but we're, we're not afraid i'm not afraid to you know tiptoe into um current issues current affairs current events sometimes. sure 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 so it's deep in season four and i feel like we're getting better at explaining what the podcast is i think we finally figured out we're hitting our what we're, we're doing here about uh almost 100 episodes in we are hitting our <laughs> Hitting our stride. I like that we've made it in an impenetrable way to know how many episodes there are. Because there are not 413 episodes. No, people like, I think people see this like, oh my, I'm going to be like, you know, either they're daunted by the back catalog or they're excited and then disappointed to find out that there's not, you know. Because if you enjoy a podcast, let's say you're one of the handful of people out there that really thoroughly enjoy this, which we love. I'm so glad that you found the podcast and you like listening to it. And it's like, oh, when you find something good, I'm like that. When I find a good podcast, I want more content. Sure. To be coming my way. That's what we're all about here. Content. Yep. The tent. Making more. <laughs> Making more Making more tent. tent. Yes. Yep. Uh, so anyway, given that we all, we have a um, we have a big topic, I'd say a pretty big mm-hmm. one today. Uh, as usual. And then um, a, a pretty exciting uh, uh, Dave's encounter with fame. Oh, yeah. Um, which we, I think, have teased on past episodes. It's finally here. The time has come. Uh, we're going to get that uh, story coming up. But let's uh, let's dive right in to our big topic before we get to that. Who knows? Maybe that'll turn out to be an even bigger topic. Uh, I don't who, know the story knows? of your encounter. It could be the most theologically deep and rich celebrity encounter in all of history it's not but it's, okay. it's very rich it's it this is wonderful uh but yeah so anyways our big topic today the big topic today i'll introduce it is it's one of those you know uh i think it it fits very well within the big topic you know when we're talking about the big themes big topics of of this show that it's one of these things that you don't stop and think about very much but when you do uh it 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 gets really, really interesting. So, you know, so often it's like the uh, fish being pulled outside the fishbowl and now understanding that there's something called water. That's like the famous David Foster Wallace, you know, this mm-hmm. is water, Ken, Kenyon College or something like that. He's giving um, a commencement address that turned into a book, This is Water. And he's like, you know, it's like two fish were swimming along and it's like, how's the water? And a fish swims on, the other fish says the other fish, what the bleep is water? And so uh, what is, in this sense, uh, the what the bleep is water for us is, what are we talking about? What is religion? What is a religion? So what, when we're talking about this, a distinct phenomena, you know, within uh, uh, human experience and existence called religion, we label things called religion. What are we talking about such that we label the particular things we want to label as religion? Religion, they fall under that rubric, but then are excluding other things that are not religion from the definition of religion. So, like cults, 
Yeah, well, be, I, well cult, I mean, but cults are a religion, right? So, like, let me just br- let me break it down to you like this. Okay. So, Webster's Dictionary, no. Uh, you just Google <laughs> Google religion definition, and and you'll get uh, the first the first definition that comes up. It's a noun, and the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. Hmm, that's pretty narrow. That is a very narrow definition of religion because what is excluded from that definition of religion, Mike? Well, I mean, uh, you've got uh, Confucianism. Yeah, ain't no, there's no God in Buddhism. Confucianism. Uh, Buddhism, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, particular strands of Buddhism, I think, have sort of a superhuman or mm. a, a, a thing that you would almost consider divine or, or deity type of force or power, but not a personal God. And uh, uh, I mean, yeah, many forms of, many strands of Buddhism are but, uh, atheistic so, explicitly. So Satanism would get slip in there. <laughs> And be just fine. So how you're in, you have a definition where you're including Satanism and excluding Buddhism and Confucianism, which are, um, I mean, as far as I can tell, uh, have been two two of the most dominant forms of uh, quote unquote, you know, what, what most people would want to say are religion or religious thought or religious systems uh, that have dominated a particular you know part of the world for centuries. I mean, for millennia, even you know, much longer than Christianity or Judaism has prevailed. Uh, you've had, you know, Confucianism as as the default religion of much of, you know, parts of China and Buddhism in, you know, in, emerging from India and spreading all over East East Asia and Southeast Asia. So what gives, Mike, how can we have a definition of a religion that focuses on a god or gods and excludes um, excludes these other, you know, faiths or quote unquote faiths or religions? So how do we expand our definition to include them? Well, the first thing we do is go open up the Wikipedia, Wikipedia editor. Thank you. And just begin making changes that we like to it. Uh, I assume you were reading that off of uh, Wikipedia. Which one? Your definition. Oh, no, that was, it was just I Googled, <laughs> I Googled, uh, I, I Googled religion. So, and definition. But yeah, so you, what, how can you broaden that out? Well, then the question, the, so then you broaden it out to some sort of meta ethic, or you say, well, there's like a, f- a family of responses. So these, you know, there's no pure definition. And so, uh, um, like, I think people, the, the, the more you think about it, the more you try to include the right things and exclude what you would see as the wrong things, actually, the more challenging uh, the task gets. Because let's say you do things like a, oh, a mythology or a particular, a particular you know, worldview or sacred places or sacred texts, um, you know, like the more you include those types of things, the 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 more it seems would actually f- fall into the net. So things like uh, Marxism, right? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be uh, a religion under that definition? I think so. It's certainly a way of organizing. Uh your life and your thoughts around a central core principle and nothing, as they said, nothing falls outside the party. So it's pretty (laughs) much all inclusive there. Although, you know, then you get into the finer points. Does it have to have a cosmology? Um, Or can you just say, I don't know, and you're still a religion? Yeah, I think, I don't think it necessarily has to have a cosmology. Maybe it has a cosmogony, Um, you know, like so that, that there's a, kind of an origin story of where things came from or something like that. Um, and I mean, I like, so, but I think even within Marxism, which would, is a species of a, of Hegelianism, right? Thesis, antithesis, synthesis, like that for, 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 uh, 
like an atheistic form of Hegelianism sees there is still this process within history, like this internal drive um, within history. And so like, like though it's sort of blind, there is a force kind of moving history forward, which is supposed to be towards, you know, a, a complete and total equality of, of human beings within the social order. So I would say that Marxism to me seems to fall under, um, at least as I understand it, would fall under something with a really, I mean, a, a very clear cos- cosmology or understanding of how events in history are supposed to unfold. And it certainly has an eschatology. Oh, it definitely has an eschatology, <laughs> where things are headed. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's even um, a, a neglected aspect of what it means to have a religion, is you have this idea of where are things eventually you know, headed? What's the goal? Well, in fact, the... The classic Soviet joke from, you know, citizens and, and dissidents alike was, uh, you know, in, in Russia, the uh, future is never in doubt. The past is always changing. <laughs> so, yeah, they were very eschatologically focused. And so, yeah, you could sort of do whatever you want to. Uh, you could do whatever you want to rewrite the past or rewrite history or literally erase, you know, certain people from uh, from from, you know, photos. I mean, early Photoshop. Uh, the Soviets were excellent. Uh, were excellent at that. You know, you Except could... the one, the famous shot of um, uh, what's the name? Who they killed in Trotsky? Mexico. Trotsky. The famous picture of all of them, and uh, they erased him, but they accidentally left his shoes in there, which is a very nice little touch. <laughs> Trotsky's shoes. Yes. Uh, yeah. But all this to say is that, and and in fact, what's what's interesting when you think about this concept of of religion is that you know um, I think when we talk about it in it makes sense to us, and when I say us and we, I'm talking about, you know, like we're Western people, um, you know, post-Enlightenment, uh, you know, 20th century, you know, democratic, uh, political, you know, liberals in the sense of living in a, in a, in a society where individ- that respects individual rights, everything like that, that religion really makes sense as it's talking about something like Judaism, mainly Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, um, that a religion is something that looks like these particular things. And so it's actually not as generic. We, and then once, uh, you know, there was further encounters with colonialism and trade and imperialism, like you encounter these other worldviews or peoples who have their own way of imagining and ordering on their lives. And so uh, you take something like Hinduism, like Hinduism wasn't a religion as far as I understand it until it came in contact with English people and English people are like, well, you have this way of thinking of you have sort of this cultural mythology and this way of ordering um, society. And so we're going to translate that into the categories of Christian in ones that seem similar to Christianity or Judaism. So that'll be theological and make sense to us. Whereas I think if you asked probably, you know, someone living in India 400 years ago, are you a Hindu? My suspicion is, what do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm right. just a, I'm just a person living in this world, and I see it and understand it this way. Right, which is uh, what I understand just from recently uh, listening to a, a long history podcast about Japan. Is they kind of realized when they met the West, like, wow, we're we're kind of we're behind on a lot of things. You, you know, get us up to speed with this industrial stuff and the, you know, uh, navies and things like that and uh, standing armies and actual weaponry. You, what's our religion? <laughs> you know, we, uh, they apparently have this guiding principles, uh, get ours together and, and we'll all follow that. 
Yeah, it like was I don't a think a little bit. At, you know, it was a little bit organized after the fact. Yeah, I don't think Shinto had. You know, I don't think Shinto is some particularly like, you know, theologically organized. You know, systematized. Right. Um, you know, probably pre-contact with. You know, serious contact with uh, the West, like that. That it would have even been thought about in those terms, and so the, even the concept of religion itself. Um, I think emerges from within our our particular Western history as to say this is something you know because it used to be like well religion meant in in medieval Christian society it's like well are you religious clergy or are you secular you know basically like which blows our mind but it was just basically do you belong to a religious order or not right. Every, everyone was of course religious yeah. like it doesn't make any sense and so part of um, part of our legacy is that as we emerge from you know the wars of religion that religion and the things belonging to it get put in one box so that they can be managed then vis-a-vis the uh, the emerging you know state and so the sort of like uh, the kind of state takes over it post enlightenment um a way of saying hey how can we manage conflicts so that we stop killing each other basically is like we can very clearly define what is religious and then we can um set it up in its private sphere where you can believe or do whatever you can believe whatever you want but it doesn't have any purchase or claim on sort of public truth in which case it's like well uh, you know we don't burn heretics anymore we don't you know kill heretics you're free part of being part of a uh, a liberal society is you're free to be a heretic you're free to apostatize right you're even free to commit blasphemy and so religion itself it, it emerges from that kind of context it's not a natural category um uh it seems to me when you stop and think about it because it's very 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 difficult uh, to define it in such a way that you include the right things and exclude the wrong things which is always just that just always strikes me as an incredibly interesting thing and something important um, to keep in mind as we're reflecting on the world and what just seems natural to us is actually has a history. Well, here's uh, maybe I'm, I'm jumping ahead. You probably have much more to say about the, the deeper things. But let me ask you this question. Uh, is the Star Wars universe or Marvel movies, when will they become an official religion in terms of a lot of the pieces are there. You've got these origin myths that people care very deeply about. They tithe to their church, certainly. Oh, they, yeah. Oh, my gosh. They, they go to days of obligation as though they're the holiest pilgrims on the planet. They wouldn't think of missing church. Uh, they may rail against some of the things handed down to them by the clergy. Yeah. But they are certainly not going to you know, leave the faith. There's uh, uh, sacred texts, certainly, that go with yeah. them. I mean, especially in the case of comic books. Uh, you know, but the the movies, the Star Wars movies themselves are, I think, a, a, a form of text um, that are sacred. And um, I mean, which is interesting when George Lucas goes back and rewrites them, edits them, <laughs> yes. it commits, he, dese- he <laughs> desecrates um, something pure and original. No, I mean, I think it that causes, I think it causes outrage. Yeah, that's why I think if we're thinking about it's really hard to define religion and without including Star Wars or Marvel, and maybe that's a feature of defining religion and not a bug of how broad our definition can be. Because, yeah, certainly there's a a, a worldview tied in within the Star Wars universe. I mean, we did a one of our live shows about this, but there is a, uh, you know, the the Force and, you know, yeah. the Jedi. So it's like there's a religion within this mythological universe, but then the 
kind of movies themselves are also an object of devotion. So, I, and I would say to those who, of course, the immediate objection is the problem is nobody believes that these things are actually true. And it's like, well, you have that in common with large swaths of Christians as well. They, they right. don't believe that their own religion is quote unquote true. It, uh, it is some, there's truths in it, you know, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but so yeah, you, again, you're, you're not, you're not that far off from a lot of people we know and have talked about on this show. No, and I, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I mean, it seems like an object of, you know, devotion. I'm not sure that it, because Star Wars at least has a kind of, to me, it seems to have a clear, like, cosmology or worldview baked into it. I'm not sure about the Marvel Cinematic Universe other than heroes. Like, like it seems to me like the X-Men kind of get closer at that. Like, okay. there's there's something, you know, because there's something about, like, there's a message in there like mutants you know sure powerful difference like we can't regular people can't handle that and so it's sort of how do what do we you know what do people who are different do with the fact that the world can't accept them do you fight against that world or do you try to save that world so the x-men to me seems you, like, you can bet your bottom dollar that there are people teasing out worldviews from the marvel universe let's not uh, come on there's got to be think pieces by the millions telling you what the deeper, deeper meaning of these movies are. I hope so. If not, like this is a this is a uh, opportunity. But I know too, especially with the whole Infinity War series and like whatever the last one, you know, is Thanos killing, wiping everyone out. You know, half the thing. I mean, there was a uh, uh, like people were diving deep into the meaning of that. You know, like the fact that you would what you know, is this a ecologically responsible decision to make, you know, in a world facing a climate disaster? Well, just half, half of all living things go away. Is that a salute? You know, is that a solution? Um, harsh, but compassionate uh, to ensure the ongoing survival of our species. Firm, but fair, firm, <laughs> but fair. Um, well, isn't the, uh, uh, the Marvel universe is constantly just, uh, you know, gathering the, the 12 and sending them out. Right. I mean, isn't that the, basically every movie they just add another guy is that what i don't i don't know i've never seen i, I mean i've seen one or two of them. Um, but it just seems like the team just you know either expands or contracts with each movie so it's just a different mission with a different number of people that's true yeah so there is kind of a you know sending the 12 but maybe to translate into new testament terms versus sending out the 70 like that there's these different i mean in that sense, it's very similar in these groups. Yeah. You can see Bartholomew and Paul stay yes, behind, yes. and then yeah, they go up to yeah, sure. exactly. But you have this group of heroes out to save the world on a you know commissioned on this mission. Yeah, and you, I mean, you even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have deities. You have Thor and Loki. You know, these are these are these are divinities. Um, I don't know, Mike. I mean. Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm, I'm I'm more skeptical on that as a religion. <laughs> Star Wars, I'm all I I really probably because I've just been I was a lot closer to it um, earlier in my life in terms of my devotion. I can don't see say. that. Yeah, I know this has come <laughs> up many many times on the pod. But uh, all this to say, folks, when we when we think about okay, yeah, science versus religion. Um, you know, we even did a podcast with this title. What we're really what we were talking about was science versus basically Christianity. And so um, we kind of use that, I think, in Western culture. We basically use the term religion as a stand-in for things mainly like Christianity, but then also relatedly Judaism and, and, and Islam. And we're not really talking about, or we don't really have an effective way to think about or talk about all of those 
other things that we call religion that are like you mentioned Confucianism and Buddhism and even like Native American uh, spirituality or Wiccanism. Wiccanism. Like we just don't really have, they don't fit in our like understanding uh, uh, because they're not, they're categorically really, really different. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a linguist nor a, nor am I a philosopher of, uh, of language or words, but can you, can you think of another term that would be, uh, what is a religion? And then you just go, religion is this, this, or this, and then that's it. I mean, is that a fair way to make a definition? I don't know. To, to just, the examples are, that's what they are. That, that's that's just what they so are. So whatever they have is what a religion is. I mean, that's one way to look at it. I suppose you could say, so God or God, some kind of uh, ethic. I mean, at a certain point, it's arbitrary, right? Sacred text, sacred place. I mean, yeah, at a certain point, it is, ar- it is arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. And then you just go, sorry, you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's like the uh, the Hall of Fame ballot, you know? You just uh, give it a few more years, maybe you'll become a religion. I don't know. <laughs> You're very close. If you could yeah. add a supernatural being, we'll put you in the club. That's right. Could that text, could you make it sacred? It's Right now, it's important, but not sacred. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is so these kind of things just interest me, Mike. So I no, want to share is, it with the audience. It is interesting. So when you look at your original definition, if you do you have it there? I uh, I can pull it up. For can you. you add, subtract or uh expound upon or elucidate, illuminate, uh shine a light on, uh do some pedagogy on uh, I'm stalling for time in case yeah, you couldn't oh, tell. Uh, the belief in <laughs> and worship of a superhuman controlling power especially a personal god or gods. So that seems to me that that'll get you like Christianity, Judaism, Islam. It'll get you uh, certain forms of Buddhism. Certain forms, yeah. Hinduism. Uh, Native, I think probably, probably right, Native American kind of. Viking mythology? I think Viking mythology falls in there's, there, right? There's sort of creation stories, gods, certainly. Greco-Roman religion. Mm-hmm. Um, Greco-Roman wrestling would that be? Interesting? Yeah, that's okay. But what get, what gets left out? Uh, Certain forms of Buddhism, Confucianism yeah. that seems to get left out in that mm-hmm. definition. So, uh, Sh- Shintoism. Shintoism, I think, gets left out too. Yeah, in that. Yeah. So that's their definition, not ours. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I don't know that we've solved it. Then what it. are they? Then what is? Then what are those? What are? Uh, What's Confucianism if it's not a religion? Well, I don't know. An I'm ethic, like, a worldview. Yeah, worldview gets so close to religion, though, doesn't it? Doesn't it, sure it feel does. close it feels to close. religion? Yeah, um, because it's saying something about that's common to all humanity. So therefore, you've touched on something that I don't know. I don't know. And then what defines a cult? Can we just wrap up with that? What is a cult? Yeah, what's a sect versus a cult? That's another interesting conversation. <laughs> uh, well, isn't, sect can just be, you know, can be heterodox views of a larger group of religions, right? Yeah. So you're not outside the club. You might be close. What's, I mean, I think a cult, a cult sort of defined by its maybe one, it's like posture towards the outside world. So very hostile you know, kind of a controlling, so, you know, highly controlling of its membership. Um, 
small. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I like. Well, did the, I guess the, in the early days of the monastic system, then did that get close to that? I don't know. I don't know that it was hostile to the outside world, but to pull away from and disengage from the larger world. Right. So is that a feature of it? Um. <laughs> the guys who make our brandy, are they part of a cult? Those, I, those monks? Christian brothers? Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think so because they're, uh, because though they're separating themselves from the world, they're not like ideologically separating themselves from the mainstream Boy, it, of the faith. It sure helps if your eschatology includes, you know, comets that you're going to ride. And it just makes it easier for us. Yeah. And if you have track suits that you wear all similarly, um, that that helps. But I don't think they're like, I don't think people thought about in terms of in terms of my understanding thought in terms of like cults. As like you know what we think of as a cult, like the the Hale Bop guy or whatever, the Branch Davidians or something like that. Oh, that song by Hanson, Hale Bop, Bop, Hale Bop. They were secretly summoning people. Like I don't think we had that till maybe the second half of the twentieth century or something like that, where people talked about cults sort of in that pejorative sense. Oh, really? You don't yeah. think? No, I don't think so. I think if we were to trace the history, like, the people didn't speak about cults in that way. Cults used to mean something different. Oh, okay. Like, it wasn't so bad. Because there were, like, in the early 20th century, there was a couple of doomsday cults, right? Famously. I think in, like, the, you know, 1920s or something okay. like that. There was a couple. And, you know, then their day came and went. and But, but they had people pretty riled up. But so there's a history of, like, these movements that are, you know, it's kind of sectarian small movements within oh, like i mean within christianity there the, there's all sorts always been a millenarian tendency like the millerites in the 19th century you know people which century, is yeah, yeah, right. from whence came the jehovah's witnesses mm-hmm. um you know like that you know very the date passes well what do you do you know you predict the end of the world date passes how do you continue from that and so but i don't think people called those cults like the millerites were not a cult as far as i understand hmm. All right. Well, are we any closer? No, I think we're further away. But okay. The, but maybe that's closer. Oh, wow. That's very Profound Confucianism self. of you. Uh, <laughs> which is not a religion. According to the dictionary on Google, is not a religion. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll take a little break. Maybe we'll think about it over the break. But you don't think about it. Listen to the pastor. Think about it after the show. And then uh, we'll come back with a thrilling tale of star encounters with our very own pastor. Dave Berge. Uh, we'll be right back. This is 372 pages. No, it is not, God. Mike. Oh, man. That's wow. the second time I've done that. I just, it's like I just got done recording. Oh, just, it's like you're saying, <laughs> saying someone else's name. All right. Um, let's take a vote. Should I edit it out or should I leave it in? I say leave it. We've got to be honest with the people. Okay. All right. Wow, that's the second time I've done that. No, we'll be right back with uh, Like Trees pages. There you go. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. All right, we'll be back. Hello, friends. This is David Berge. I'm not Connor Lestoka. Uh, you're listening to the you're listening to the correct podcast. If you're listening to Like Trees Walking, Mike is confused. Uh, who can blame the guy? He's had his 
mind in horrible literature just it's eating away at him from it's it's rotting his brain i'm so confused from the inside out but you're listening to like trees walking and so uh friends i really 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 appreciate it when you uh rate us and review us especially when you write a review and take your time to do that um you know i know sometimes people maybe they're uh cookies get frosted and you know they don't want to write a favorable review we thankfully have had almost none of that but uh when that does happen um it's nice if you really do like us that you go ahead and do write a positive one because you know the human tendency is to only accentuate the negative uh and and not listen to the positive feedback which has been overwhelming from you all so if you like this and value it um hearing from you means the world to us and so that is my appeal to you um there are ways you can interact with uh, us, and by us I mean me, because Mike is not on the devil that is uh, social media. Uh, so I uh, handle all that stuff. So um, at LTW Pod on Twitter um, or Like Trees Walking Facebook page, you can like that. And uh, people have reached out through that, which I really do appreciate and love interacting with folks. And so thank you so much for all your support and for listening. Um, yeah, it, it is it is really humbling and inspiring to know that people do that. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, we're back. I'm pretty sure I know what show I'm currently doing. Yeah. Uh, I was in the... Oh, it's like Trees Walking. Okay, good. That's, All right. Yeah. You just you prove it. You need to prove it to Ooh. the people. Uh, I was in the studio for two different things. Three. No, four different things today. So, I mean, I know it's no excuse because here's Pastor Dave right in front of my Literally. eyes. Literally. He's not even remote like many of my other things where you could get confused. We can touch each, we can touch each other. Yeah. Literally, we just touched each other. Um, but uh, it reminds me of a, a story a friend of mine told about his friend who was a voiceover artist. He got to do, I think it was Carnegie Hall. It was one of the big ones. That's a Maybe big... Lincoln Center. I don't know. There's, something, not, there's no bigger hall than Carnegie Something hall. big. He got to do the intro voiceover. This is a, a true story for, uh, for Yo-Yo Ma. The great Yo-Yo Ma. And so the lights came up. The light applause. The announcer said... Ladies and gentlemen, yo mama. <laughs> so no. I always thought to myself, at least I haven't done that. So <laughs> what did Yo-Yo do? I think he just uh there was big laughter and then the guy you know, he died a million deaths but said it correctly and and yo mama came out and laughed graciously and uh you know Yo mama's <laughs> so good at the cello that yeah. <laughs> that she <laughs> If anyone, if send in your yo, 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 ma, yo, mama jokes, uh, (laughs) and we will read them on the air. That would be very good. So anyway, but uh, again, we're, this is like trees walking. Um, Dave, I think you teased this once before. I have have told my celebrity encounter stories. They are, sadly, there are few of them, but they are are mildly interesting here and again. If you're stuck at a party with me, you're going to hear one of them. I'm sorry. But uh, Dave, you're stuck at a party with a bunch of people. What is your celebrity? So here's my story. And this is uh, uh, a good. So when I was working in Southern California in the town of Ojai, uh, a guy, and I'm not telling tales out of school here. So this is completely, uh, you know, he he wants to come on the pod at some point in time. But uh, a good, I became good friends uh, with a congregant who's also a working actor. Uh, and this guy is really, really interesting. Uh, he was raised in Israel, secular, kind of secular Jewish. 
and is not a Christian, but came to church almost every week and just one of the most faithful. Yeah, because his wife, his wife is, and he wanted to be there with his oh, wife and okay. kids. All right. So, but I mean, super faithful, like amazing guy, amazingly supportive. And I think one of the interesting things to have him on the pod is be like, why aren't you, why aren't you already there, man? Uh, yeah. Which is, is by, by, uh, a friend named Oded. And Oded is a working actor. And he, uh, I mean, which I respect people who are in that business who are not stars, but who just work and they provide for their family. Um, you're making a living. Yeah. They you're make doing a, it. You're making a living. You're doing yeah. it. Like you're doing something that yep. lots of people dream about, but very, very few people can do. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, Oded hosted a, a fundraiser for the church youth group for summer camp at his house. And so he had people over and he's Israeli. So he made this amazing, you know, falafel and tahini. I mean, it was just this amazing uh, Middle Eastern dinner and part of the entertainment for the night. So it's not just, oh, I know this famous person. No, here's here's the best part of the encounter. Was for the entertainment that evening, uh, Oded was in a movie uh, called Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo with <laughs> Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. And Oded it plays, he is the gigolo who Rob, like, he takes over his, you know, the joke of the yeah. movie is here's this gigolo, Rob Schneider's house-sitting his fish, and ends up playing the role of male gigolo. Right. And so Oded and I did a reading, a live reading of Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Wow. A scene. Yes, a scene. So I played him, and he played Rob Schneider. And a video of this exists on the internet Oh, uh, it is uh, on the internet. It is on the internet. It's a private, it a private video. It's a private oh, video. Well, then it barely exists. It exists. It's internet. a private video. Um, but it's one of my favorite moments of my life because you know I'm reading this and I'm being oh dad and he's like I mean he's like he stops in the scene he's like he's like I mean it wasn't a great movie but it wasn't as bad as because I'm just a hor- I'm doing the reading and I'm just horrible at doing he's like he's like I mean it's not the it's not the best movie anyone's ever seen but this this is he's like you're making it even worse wow. so that was really. Really funny. And so, I mean, because it's a, and if you're a boy of a certain age, well, you were a boy of a certain age, as I was when the movie came out, Deuce Bigelow was like, it loomed large. Oh, it loomed large. It was so, so, so good. So it was such a thrill for me to like, what are the odds that, you know, eventually I'm going to get, and Oda was just an amazing sport about it. And uh, so that was a great celebrity encounter is to get to, uh, you know, uh, enact something with someone who's done it wow. before yeah like yeah. act out a scene from a movie that you had watched growing up with someone who was in it it was really cool i have a that springboards into a brief rob schneider story oh please tell very early i mean this had to be i don't know 90 91 my wife bridget was doing stand-up comedy and she got hired to open for rob schneider and uh rob was I mean, he was starting out. He was known. Was he on Saturday Night Live at that point? Or? No, he was not yet on Saturday Night Live. He had done uh, his Elvis impersonation in Japan, which he used to do and would get a big laugh mm-hmm. because he looks like he would be Elvis yeah. in Japan, kind of. <laughs> but he actually was. That was his thing to do that. Uh, and that was kind of the, the set piece of it. But anyway, he was a pretty nice guy. And at the end of the... At the end of the week, he came up to Bridget and handed her a bunch of cash and just said, I know they don't pay you guys that much. Here you go. And I was a, like, Rob Schneider. What a guy. Rob Schneider. And then like next year, he was on SNL or maybe a couple of years later, right? He's a little bit He later. was early. Like he was early 90s, though. Probably okay. early mid-90s. So it was, yeah. it was right around that time. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a nice, you know, usually you hear bad stories about celebrities. He was, he was a decent guy. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. I won't say much about his movies, but hey. <laughs> 
He was a good. He was a good egg. But the uh, and yeah, I have a I have another. That's not my only celebrity acting with a celebrity story. There's what? more. There's oh, I got more. another one. I have another one. Wow. Okay, go. Why don't I save it for another podcast? We we got to stretch. This oh, you material. think? Okay. We got to. <laughs> we have to dole out this material. We have to put another cup of water in the soup and serve another guest. Yes. Is that what yes. You're yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that is. Oh, that's definitely enough. As I look at the clock, yes. This, yeah, this show yeah. is already overstuffed with ideas and with, with entertainment, so we better end it here. Yes. So let's crash this episode into a pole and leave it in a smoking heap behind us. This has been Like Trees Walking. It has not been the other podcast, which shall not be named nor plugged like, ever again on this podcast. Like Voldemort. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Anyway, I'm Michael J. Nelson, and you are... David Berge. And uh, we'll be back again.